0: Praise, peace, and mercy to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, This is a recording of the Key Row Film Society, and I am Pastor Neil Wemus. A happy 2017 to all of you. Uh, New Year's Day was just two days ago, and this is the new special New Year's podcast. And so... What I'm going to be doing in this podcast of the Key Role Film Society, there's no movie on the docket. I know I was going to do the nativity story, uh, but to be honest, I probably could review that pretty quickly. Just go back, listen to my recording on the gospels of the gospel narratives about the nativity of Jesus, compare it to the movie, and you'll see many of the weaknesses. And um, I can tell you some right here. Um, I don't like the way the angels look in there. Uh, Gabriel is just some dude uh, in some random clothes. He does not give the appearance that would cause Mary or Zachariah um, to be afraid. So there's that. I didn't like that they had kind of this Christmas card feeling at the end, at the birth of Jesus. Everything looks like it came straight out of Hallmark, and that's why they had the... Um, the magi show up exactly the same time uh and there if you listen to my recording on the narratives you'll hear the problem with that is if the magi show up at Jesus' birth at the time he is born then they could not have gone into Jerusalem in order to uh <clears throat> for to present Jesus at the temple because they would have been hunting for him so, it doesn't make sense. You have some major narrative issues if you have the Magi show up at the time that Jesus is born. So, uh, those are just some little details on it, but otherwise, I'm not going to go into this. This podcast is going to be dedicated to a variety of topics, a variety of things that have happened throughout the 2017 C- year, or the year 2016, and a little bit of looking forward to 2017. So, uh, the first thing we're going to look into is the top news stories of two thousand sixteen. So, with that, I'd like to play this transition music. All right. So the news, the top news stories. And I want you to understand, as I go through some of these rankings of 2016, they're not in a specific order, and that holds true here. So, the first big news story of 2016 was the election. And this story was so big that it actually really fits into uh, two different uh, slots in my top ten news story list. There's the primaries themselves, all right? So there's started with the primaries all the way back in uh, February. So I live in the state of Iowa. We are the first national primary, and as a result, we te- we get so so much attention by the celebrities. And you know, this year it actually turned out to not mean much because the guy that won our primary was Ted Cruz, and he did not get very close to winning um, the nomination. Our number three guy was, uh, you know, Marco Rubio. And he didn't finish very strong. I mean, he finished number three, I guess, amongst the others. But uh, Donald Trump, who actually won the nomination and eventually won the election, uh, won the presidency, is, you know, he was just number two, and he barely got that second place bid. Uh, but, like I said, the primaries began, and then you had all the the... You know, both the Democratic and the Republican stage, there's a lot of drama. Donald Trump was hugely popular, much to the surprise of many people, myself included. Uh, on the other side, you had Bernie Sanders, who had a huge um, surge in popularity, really popular all over the Internet, really popular amongst my generation, the 20-somethings. Uh, you know, the millennials and some of the younger Gen Xers, which is what, I'm kind of right on the border between Gen X and millennial. Uh, you had some stories about some scandals uh, that the election on the Democratic side was rigged against Bernie, uh, rigged in favor of Hillary, Trump, Hillary Clinton. Ooh, I don't know if that was what the big of what I just said there. But anyways, Hillary Clinton is rigged in her favor against Bernie Sanders, who was hugely popular. Um, you had the whole Russian hacking news story that kind of went along with it. Um, I mean, there was lots and lots of drama that went into this year's election. And that actually leads to be my uh, number two biggest news story this leads to the number two big news story of the year. And this is the Supreme Court, the death of uh, Justice Scalia. And the reason why I'm going to put that as my number two... It's not actually a number two in a row. Like I said, there's no particular order. It's just the second one mentioned. I'm trying to be it slightly thematic or whatever. Um, but the next thing is that, that vacancy in the Supreme Court. Now, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it really is. One of the biggest things that I think affected this election <coughs> was that vacant court spot. I know a lot of Christians, a lot of uh, more conservative individuals don't trust Hillary are afraid of what she will do with that Supreme Court. And for that reason, I think a lot of people, even though they did not totally uh, trust Trump, they voted for him because they tr- They were less afraid of what he might do in regards to the Supreme Court than what Hillary would do. So that was a very big news story. In that, this and a lot of other things, you could hear my analysis about the election. Um, I recorded about it back in um, November. Feel free to go back, listen to it. But the third big story, this really is the biggest story of the year probably, I mean, it's connected to the election, but it is the biggest news story of the year, and that is that Donald Trump was elected president. And it was remarkable because it's a guy that has no political um, experience. He is a business mogul. Um, He said some really horrible things throughout his time. He has a really checkered past. And yet he still beat out Hillary Clinton. That was a huge, huge surprise to many people. Um, you know, my full analysis on that, you can go check it back. And so uh, that's, you know, those are three connect, interconnected, really big stories. Uh, another big story that broke has been going on this year, and this year's not the first year, this has been a story, but it just keeps going, is the... Uh, police brutality and the death of police officers. There's this back and forth exchange of death of, you know, African Americans in the line, you know, being killed by police officers, and then you have the stories of uh, which, and of course, that is, inspires the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, not the idea that Black Lives Matter, but the movement, um, and then it also has. There's also been many. There's been the incidents uh, with the police officers shot in Baton Rouge, uh, the police officers that were shot in Dallas. So that's been a major story um, throughout the year. Uh, uh, of course, the really big. Sh- uh, then there's this year, as it seems like every year there's one of these stories, and I don't know. It's been we've gone too long without one and. Call me Mister Negative or whatever you want to call it, but I'm getting a little worried about how long it's been since we've had one of these. But back on June thirteenth, two thousand sixteen, I believe, was the date. Uh, there was a mass shooting at a gay nightclub in Orlando. Uh, forty six people, no, forty nine people were killed by the shooter, who was pledged to ISIS. Uh, there's been other shootings throughout the years, but nothing of that scale. And, uh, so, you know, very, very tragic evening. It's something that is going to be on our top news stories every year. Hopefully we'll have, maybe next year we'll be fortunate, and there won't be a single one of those stories. But, um, called me negative, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Uh, Let's see. Next up for uh big news stories. So I uh, so far I've got the election uh, police brutality or the pl- African American police um conflicts, the Supreme Court vacancy, Trump winning the election, the mass uh shooting. So we got um five different news stories so far. Um, the next thing is uh Brexit which was the big decision of the uh, United Kingdom, Britain, or Great Britain uh, leaving the European Union? Uh, so I'm not going to go, i have not going to pretend to have a huge knowledge on that, but I do know it was a really, really big news story this year. Um, next up is. Uh, Cyber attacks, a lot of issues in terms of, uh, especially the Russian stuff. This went up in the election, but it was its own story. A lot of issues about uh, internet security, email security, things like that. Uh, Pokemon Go is another thing I got on my list here. Uh, Pokemon Go was a game that came out in the middle of the year... Last summer, I think it came out just before uh, I went to the National Youth Gathering in New Orleans for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I remember our youth were all over it. Everybody with they're going around New Orleans was trying to catch their Pokemon, catch these Pokemon monsters or whatever, uh, or creatures. And it was a huge, huge thing this summer. I mean, it's you know, not exactly meaningful to the history of the world, but it was a fun thing that people did. It got people outside walking. Uh, I don't imagine much people are doing it around this time of the year in the winter. But I'm sh- it was a very popular thing, and it was worth noteworthy. It was a big enough phenomenon that I think it wor- it merits getting in uh, to that top ten news story. Uh, you don't hear but much about it now, but it's definitely a huge thing. Um...
1: Now the last
0: two news stories that I have uh, for 2016, for top stories, are both sports related. And one of which is the Summer Olympics, uh, was this past summer. So in Rio de Janeiro, from August 5th to August 21st, was the 2016 31st Olympiad. Um, and so the Olympics, whenever they happen, they are a huge news story. So it merits mentioning. But here comes the biggest sports news story of a very long time. And I wanted to end this with my. This is my number ten news story. I mean, they're not. And again, as I said, they're not ranked in any particular order. But it was the reason I ordered the way they did was not about importance. But I kind of wanted to go thematic. I wanted to start with the election, get that out of the way. I don't want to talk a lot about it in my podcast today. I've already had a podcast about that. I don't love politics, but I dealt with it, and done, we're over. But I wanted to end with, for the last news story, my number 10 news story for 2016 to be a positive one. And that was that the Chicago Cubs, in Game 7 of the World Series defeated the Cleveland Indians to win the World Series for the first time in 107 or 8 years. Was No, 108 years. For the first time in 108 years, they won the World Series. That was just a monumental moment in the history of... Um, baseball in the history of any sports the history of this country. In a year that was so, with so much negative news, and I actually do have one more news story, but it's got its own section for the day um, this year, for my um, podcast today. With so much negative news, it is wonderful that we had this one moment this year. And it was something that led to a 5 million outdoor gathering in Chicago. One of the largest outdoor gatherings in the history of the world. And what a wonderful thing to hear. I mean, in a year that we've had so many protests for so many different things. In a year that has been so massively negative. It is nice to know that during this year we did have a mass outdoor gathering for something positive to celebrate human victory, human triumph. The Chicago Cubs winning that World Series was a victory not only for the Cubs, but a victory for much of Chicago. Not all of it. I don't want to make you White Sox fans feel left out because you won a World Series after a really long drought too. Um, But... It was a very monumental moment, and it was a very happy, uplifting moment. It was good for our nation to see that happen, especially in the midst of such a difficult year. So with that, we're going to transition to another. I do have an 11th news story, but it's got its own list, and I'm going to bring it up a little bit later. Uh, But before I get to that one, uh, we are going to look at the movies for 2009. Because I mean, 2006. Uh, I mean, this is a movie that's called the Key Row Field Society. How can I call it that and not talk about movies? Well, I'm going to give you a list of my ten favorite movies that I saw that came out in 2006 and that I saw. There are a lot... 2016, Sorry. In 2016, and I had seen. Um, now I say that it has to be that I saw it, and again, like that first list, these are not in any particular order. And I didn't want to do that because there are so many good movies that I've heard about that there's supposedly a good number of good mo- number of movies that came out this year that I never did get a chance to see. So for that reason, um, I don't want to put this in a particular order. But nonetheless. Here comes my ranking of the top 10 movies, my 10 favorite movies that I saw this year in 2016. Alright, so here comes my first movie uh, that I have on my list. I'm have, I have 10 movies and I have two honorable mentions on the list. Again, these are not in any specific order. So here comes the first one. The first movie is uh, Captain America Civil War. Um, the movie came out uh, back in May. It's, it's almost it's like Avengers uh, 2, you know, uh, Avengers two and a half. You had a lot of the Avengers people. You had Iron Man. You had War Machine. You had Ant-Man. You had Spider-Man. Um, you had all these uh, uh, characters of the show, the, the film fra- the films. And so it was a very enjoyable movie. It was fun. Uh, you got to introduce to the new Spider-Man, so that's my first movie on the list. Again, not any specific order. Um, and remember, there's gonna be some movies that are gonna get left out, because I just didn't see them. So, next up. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, this movie came out, uh... Star Wars, Rogue One, One, a Star Wars story, great movie, just so much fun to watch, so enjoyable, Um, I like the characters, I like the story, I like the visuals, it just immerses you into the Star Wars world like no other movie has really done, Um, especially the world that led into the original trilogy. It actually, in my opinion, made the original trilogy even better than it already is. And that's saying something, because the original trilogy was amazing. And Rogue One really added to it. Um, I'll probably do a more full-length review uh, when it comes out on DVD. My number three movie on the list, uh, this is the live-action adaptation of The Jungle Book. There you go, you hear the music. Bad necessities, all the bad necessities. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray was the one that voiced the bear that sang that. Uh, it, it looked good. The animals look, had incredible visuals. And, you know, really, Disney is just doing really good with these live action versions of many of their animated films. My hope is that these new live action films do not take away from the animated. Because animation is such a great art. And I, it's already being lost as it is. And I really hope he, this will draw kids... Make kids go back and watch the original Jungle Book. I've been hearing that they're going to... You know, they're going to be doing Beauty of the Beast next year. And in future years, they're going to do Lion King. I hope that they... Um, that they actually... They find a way to not lose that history. I would like to see... Truly traditional animated films return because it's an art, it's a craft. That's a sad. It's a shame that's been lost. But Jungle Book was a good movie, um, and it's a it's a good addition to their, uh, you know, from animation to live action films. February of last year. Uh, this was... this. I think it actually came out on Valentine's Day, if I remember correctly. And it was not exactly what I would call a typical Valentine's Day movie. I mean, there was some red. Um... Uh, that's all I got. The movie was Deadpool. And definitely not a family-friendly movie at all, if any of you were wondering. Uh, but... And it's definitely earned every bit of its R rating. R rating, But honestly, to my opinion, it's the best movie that Fox has done. best Marvel movie that Fox has done to date. Ryan Reynolds was just perfect at it. I loved it that he ripped off, took a, a, a rip at um, some of his own movies. Um, very fun. Great film. So, uh, next up. Around that... In that same month that Deadpool came out, um, and Disney released a big movie, and that movie was... This one. Uh, Zootopia. Zootopia was an animated film, uh, computer animated, about this city that is animals, and that they've evolved to be more human-like. And, uh, is the movie... the movie's got some issues but honestly it was a good movie great story good characters good great voice acting um a good a good message in it for kids uh I I actually like this um I like a lot of the some of the music of the movie so so that was one of two really big animated hits this year from Disney and you're not gonna, you, your what you think is the other hit person, other Disney animation on this list is not gonna make it, um, for me. So, but next up, the month of November was a month for. People who are into wizards and magic and all that stuff. And so it began the month with this one, Doctor Strange. Which, in my opinion, probably, in terms of quality... Was on par with uh, the first Iron Man film, in my opinion. It doesn't come off as well as Iron Man did. Mainly because Iron Man already came out. But if you were to watch those two movies, if you went into Doctor Strange... Having never seen Iron Man, it would have been just absolutely phenomenal. Having seen the first Iron Man, it felt just a little bit short of that. still good. And I'm not saying that, <coughs> excuse me, that it was a rip-off of Iron Man, just that it was that level of quality. Um, Marvel is kind of do- doing itself in a little bit because their movies have been such high quality that it's really r- keeps raising and raising the bar for future films. Uh, The other... The other wizarding movie that came out in November... This is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. This was the new installment into the Harry Potter world. This year, we saw two movies come out. They're additions to what, in my opinion, are the biggest film franchises in the entire world. And that is Star Wars and Harry Potter. And, in fact, next week, I'm going to do a the next podcast. Okay, not promising. You know how I am about predicting things, if you've listened to this. But, hypothetically, the next podcast will be about fandoms. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take three, the three biggest fandoms, what I think to be the three biggest fandoms, and I'm going to take their best movies and review all three of them. And Harry Potter... The Harry Potter franchise is definitely on that fandom list. So, uh, Fantastic Beasts was a fun movie. Very much added to the franchise. I mean, do we, it. I think it was better than some of the Harry Potter films, but, um, but not the best. But it was definitely good. So, although I will say the big reveal at the end of the movie, I'm not going to say what it is. But I will say that the special effects of it looked a little bit too much like Roger Rabbit. And so it kind of ruined it for me. But otherwise, still a good movie. Next up, this is another movie from November. So three. Actually, I think all the rest of these movies that are on this list are movies that came out in November. Um, the next one on this list is is the other Disney animated movie. And the name of the movie is... Mona. Very, very good casting. Great casting in terms of voice acting. And what a great move! What a smart move to pick Wayne the Rock Johnson as one of the voice actors. Because he actually is Samoan. He fits right in with the film. Uh... Great music, great moments. It definitely makes you cry. It makes me, it makes you a little um, watery eyed. Uh, just the beauty of the music, the beauty of the moments. I thought it was a very, very solid movie. Uh, Disney, the Disney Animation Studios hit it out of the park this year twice. Pixar, which is part of Disney Animation, had Finding Dory, which you know wasn't bad. It just wasn't that great. Um, And it probably doesn't help that I'm not as big of a fighting Nemo fan as many others. Uh, So this leads to, so we've gone through eight movies, so we have two more left on my 2016 list. The next movie on my list is the movie The Arrival. Uh, this was, uh, it has Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker. Those are the three uh, major stars of this film. And it's, it was a very interesting movie, to say the least. And it's one of those movies that I saw. I honestly don't fully know what to think of it still, and it's definitely one that's going to need a review and an analysis when it comes out on DVD. But it was definitely one of the better um, sci-fi movies in a while. So, and that leads me to my number. This is my so the tenth movie on my list, and so far, what I've seen, um, you know. Come around the Oscars times, I might do an Oscar list. Uh, but until that time comes, this is, uh, and I've seen more movies, this is probably going to be my favorite movie of the year. Sadly, in my area, we have not seen Manchester the Sea come out. We haven't seen La La Land come out. Um, there's a number of other really good movies for this year that have not been released in my area, and I have to drive three and a half hours to go see it. So that's why we're a little bit limited Um, and that's why this list isn't as good as it could be. And so I'm kind of waiting for him to show up on, you know, uh, Amazon Instant Video or on, um, DVD or whatever. But this is my 10th movie on the list. And this, this movie was, uh, I actually talked a little bit about it. Um, A few weeks ago, and the name of the movie is uh, Edge of Seventeen. And you can listen to my thoughts about it on the podcast uh, about John Hughes a few weeks ago. Uh, great movie. Uh, great story. Just a wonderful movie if you haven't seen it. So uh, those are my ten movies of the year. Uh, I do have two honorable mentions and one was 10 Cloverfield Lane. You could go, oh, I, if I still have it up, I'm not positive. But way at the beginning of the year, I did a podcast talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane. It is a hidden gem of the year. Um, not a lot of people, I think, saw it. Um, I happened to see it in theaters when it was out. And it was actually a really good, very unique movie. Um, it's enjoyable to watch. Uh, and then the number the other two the other movie that's kind of an honorable mention I had it on my list but I kind of left, fell out uh was the movie The Nice Guys really funny movie two great uh performances. So those are my movies for 2016. Look forward to 2017. Uh without giving too much detail uh here is a ranking here is some of the movies that I am looking forward to for uh, 2017. So, I have on here uh, the Lego Batman movie, The Great Wall, which could be a total bomb, but it might be good. Uh, Logan, which is the new Wolverine movie, which from the trailers looks amazing. Uh, Kong Skull Island, uh, which is connected into the movie, into the Hong Kong world. Uh Beauty and the Beast this is a live version of the 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 popular cinematic movie or the popular animated movie from 1990. Uh Power Rangers. So they're rebooting it going all the way back to what we loved watching with the main villain Rita Repulsa. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 that comes out in May. King Arthur Legend of the Sword. It's one that sounds like it could be an absolute bomb, but it might be good. In June, we'll see the release of Wonder Woman. Uh, then you'll have The Mummy, which is starring <coughs> Tom Cruise. Excuse me, uh, The Mummy looks could potentially be good. They're rebooting the franchise that Brendan Fraser did. Uh, Cars Three is a real toss up because. The first Cars movie was so-so. The second Cars movie really flopped. Um, hope, maybe just maybe Pixar's figured out something, and this one will be good. Um, I'll we'll wait and see when that happens. Uh, then comes War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the last two Planet of the Apes movies I really I liked, and so I'm ready for a third one. The trailers are looking good. Uh, then I have on here Thor Ragnarok, uh, the third Thor movie, which um, I suppose the Incredible Hulk's going to be featured in this, so worth watching. This one you'll probably have, I don't know what it's about, I just know it's a, the next Pixar movie, original Pixar movie, and the name is Coco. Don't know anything about it, just knows Pixar, and a lot of times they tend to do good, so I look forward to it. And then finally, at the end of the year, we had Star Wars Episode Eight. So those are my movie previews for my movie thoughts for 2016-2017. Uh, now, I'm about to reveal something for all of you guys. Um, I have a few more things left on my my New Year podcast to go over. So we're going to talk about um, my predictions for the end of the NFL season, kind of give out some of the awards, um, who I think should win different awards. Uh, then we're, I'm also going to be, we're going to do a memoriam, uh, looking back on all of the celebrities who have died in the last year. But before we get to those... Uh, Those parts of the episode, I'm going to reveal something. I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling. I'm a WWE fan. I like watching Monday Night Raw and uh, Tuesday Night SmackDown. Uh, I know it's fake. uh, Or a better word is it's controlled. I know that that all the matches are predetermined. It's scripted for the most part. Uh, So don't tell me that it is. I still enjoy it. And I get entertained by it. So I'm going to have a, a part here on the top, my top 15 superstars of um, 2016. And when I'm done with that, we're going to do the memoriam on the celebrities. And then we're going to end the podcast with my NFL predictions. So with that, let's roll into the top 15 WWE stars of 2016 So here is the um the first person the number 15 on my list of uh top superstars of 2016 Enzo and Cass, Enzo Amore and Big Cass, uh, they came they came onto the scene just after uh, WrestleMania. Uh, it, so going back in the year of 2016 for pro wrestling, up until WrestleMania, WWE was really, really getting buried. It was struggling and struggling and struggling, and it, and WrestleMania was supposed to be the biggest WrestleMania. ...of all time, but it was an epic failure... ...in part because of injuries... ...but a lot of it was because of their decision making... ...in terms of stories, in terms of winners... ...and stuff like that. The night after WrestleMania... ...you could see that the entire company... ...began to shift and began to change. And a big part of that change... ...was the arrival of all these tag te- tag teams... ...from NXT. You had Enzo Amore show up... ...Enzo and Cass show up... You had the Von Village show up, um, so those were the—I mean, those were the two big ones. Um, later in the year, you had a few other tag teams that show up, and also um, you had the two big ones—you had um, Gallows and Anderson, um, the Club—show <coughs> up on the um, roster. But Enzo and Enzo Amore and Big Cass, have not had a lot of really huge matches. Their success is just the way they work a crowd. There's an energy to to the arena, whatever they're there, and because of that, they round out the number 15 on this list. Um, and I should mention, an honorable mention that almost made this number 15 list instead was Cesaro and Sheamus, because Cesaro and Sheamus had a really good uh, best of seven uh, series between one another. And then, after that had ha- got done, um, they became a tag team, which had been very successful, and now um, they're tag team champions. Maybe for 2017, they will be higher up on the list. Next up. So, 2016. This this music is the f- music of the Wyatt family, led by Bray Wyatt. Along with that, Luke Harper, Rick Wo- uh, Eric Rowan. <laughs> sorry, um, uh, Braun Strowman for much of the year was a part of the team, and then more recently Randy Orton. And the Wyatt family has had so many good moments throughout the year. This year. Um, but the WWE just has not done a good job of really pulling the trigger with them. They have in the Wyatt family such rich storytelling there and some good stuff to happen, but they're not pulling the trigger. They've had a good year. They did have they had the tag team championships for like two weeks, but Otherwise, they have had um, a pretty good... they've, uh, They've had a good year, but it definitely could be better. Hopefully next year is the year that they really, truly break out. Oops, sorry, wrong one. Wrong... Wrong entrance music, if you heard that one. Next up on the list, I have... (coughs) is the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. I originally had... The reason you heard the wrong music was because I originally had Becky Lynch a little bit later... I at this spot instead, but I decided to bump her up. Um, and I'll get back, get to that a little bit later. But Alexa Bliss is actually is fast rising on this list. You know, if she had come into the WWE a little bit earlier, she could have been much higher. She has got a great character, she's been doing good in the ring. She is the class of the SmackDown roster, she is better. Than Becky Lynch, she's better than anybody, any of the women's wrestlers on SmackDown, in my opinion. And I love her whole uh, Harley Quinn look. It would be really cool to see her even more and more channel in that character. So maybe they could make a deal with DC and let her not be um, Harley Quinn, but let her play off of it even more. But either way, I think she's done uh, very good with that um, character that she's got going. Next up number the number 12 on our list <clears throat> now injured most of the season the most of the year, Seth Rollins did not come into the WWE because has not been a part of the WWE for much of 2016, because he had that major neck, major uh, leg injury, so um, he spent quite a bit of time on the shelf, and then he came back in June to it with a huge return, attacking Roman Reigns, who was at the time heavyweight champion, and then as soon as he got the things going, he has done good. He had a Um, A really strong pay-per-view, beating Roman Reigns for the title. But then he lost it to Dean Ambrose. He's had a number of solid rivalries since coming back from the injury. The weakness, I think, is that they've turned Seth Rollins into a face. Seth Rollins is a heel. He's a natural heel. He did way too good at what he was doing last year. I really, really wish they didn't turn him into a good guy. Um, I hope that they turn the table back on that. Um, At some point. He's got to turn on Roman Reigns again or something. Next up for number 11 on the list. Number 11 on the list is American Alpha. Uh, The brand new tag team champions is who they are. Um, They just beat uh, Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt last week, the last SmackDown of the year. Uh, It was... They're a very, very talented tag team. They've seen good moments. The losses that they've had have always been... Due to some inter- outside interference. So, great tag team. Uh, and I think they got an even bigger 2017 coming. My only fear is, so hopefully WWE figures out a way to keep them big without sacrificing the success in the Wilds. Uh, number 10 on the list. Number 10 on the list is the winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal back at WrestleMania, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is a guy that, he's a big, he's intimidating, but he is getting better and better. And uh, I really do think this is a guy that's got potential to be a big star. And I didn't believe it always. I thought, oh, he's just some dud. That uh, Vince is trying to push on everyone. But I really do think that this guy has a future ahead of him. So, But he is number 10 on my list. Which leads me to number 9. Former uh, Smackdown Women's Champion. Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch won the Women's Smackdown title. Uh, back in September, uh, what really kind of gives her the big year this year is that she was um, in WrestleMania. Uh, she wrestled against Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair. So, and she had a pretty big year th- scattered throughout. That's why she made the, you know a little bit higher on the list. Uh, I'm not a huge Becky Lynch fan. I know there are people that are big fans of her. She's not really pushed, uh, won it over with me. Uh, So she is the one that tops off my SmackDown women's on this list. Uh, Next up is the Lunatic Fringe. The Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, who won the WWE Heavyweight Championship uh, back in July. I can't remember which pay-per-view it was. He beat Seth Rollins after cashing in the Money in the Bank. And he held it for a while, which set up a pretty good rivalry between him and AJ Styles. Now he's got a rivalry starting to get going with The Miz. Uh, Dean Ambrose has had a pretty solid year. Um, again, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but he has had some success this year. Number seven on my list. This is the probably the oldest guy on the list, but here he is. Chris Jericho. Who would have thought that almost every list I've seen ranking the top superstars of 2016 have put this guy on the list? This is a guy that has not isn't supposed to be in his prime, but he is. He's he's performing extremely well in his matches. Um, he's really good on the microphone. He's got these great rivalries going. Um, the whole the whole list thing is just awesome. is a great gimmick that's been going on throughout the year, and every time he does it, is a huge win. I mean, la- just last night on Monday Night Raw, um, there was a whole moment where he says, "You know, you know what I do to people who cheer for Bill Goldberg. You want to know what happens to them?" They make the list. The 46-year-old wrestler is the guy that is just hitting it out of the park this year so far. And uh, I look forward to see what he does. And there definitely appears to be some kind of rivalry beginning to flower between him and Kevin Owens. And I look forward to see what they do with that. The only thing I have a complaint, and this is on the writing staff, Is they got to let Jericho win matches um, a little bit more. And um, feeding him off to Roman Reigns all the time is not helping. I mean, last night they had him wrestle against Roman Reigns. Nobody thought that he would win. Come on. So, and they really need to find ways to make that, make it so he's a credible opponent again. Now it looks like he's just this pathetic little kid who doesn't realize he's just, I don't know. So it just hasn't gone well for him. I hope they improve that. He's a guy that could definitely get even into the top five of this list uh, for next year if the WWE changes up their writing. Speaking of people who are climbing up the ladder of popularity, here is the number six on the list. All right, The Miz has been the Intercontinental Champion twice this year. His first reign began all the way back in, you know, right around, a little bit after WrestleMania. And he has been a huge success this year. He has been great in the microphone, especially, you know, his interaction with, um, you know, with Daniel Bryan his, his rivalry with Dolph Ziggler, uh, his current rivalry with Dean Ambrose, the whole situation uh, that just happened last week. Uh, last Just last week, Renee Young slapped the Miz uh, for a comment that he made in the ring. And, it, I mean, it was... You know, a very good... It's, he is just doing wonderful on that show. Um, he He's done so good this year. He's having good matches. And he is... Honestly, if I'm the WWE, I am beginning to think about pushing this guy back up into the t- heavyweight title picture. Remember, he has been heavyweight champion. I think that we're going to eventually reach that point where this guy needs to be elevated back into the title picture. So, uh, next up on the list, number five. Kevin Owens, the WWE Universal Champion. The reason I only have him at number five is because he really... I mean, well, he actually has had an incredible year... Um, he won the Intercontinental title this year. He's held now the Universal title for since uh, September. He's had a very good year. Uh, he had a great rivalry with Sami Zayn, which, by the way, there's a guy that needs to be pushed because he's got so much potential. I don't like having him getting beat up by Braun Strowman every week. Uh, but the Sami Zayn rivalry was great for both of them. Kevin Owens is, I mean, he he is just a great wrestler. Um, incredible in the ring. He moves good. I know he's got a little, he's a little chubby. I know people complain about that, but it doesn't show in his performance. So, uh, next on the list. So, number four. Back in August of 2015, Stephanie Young came out, and she began what is known has become to be known as the Women's rest, Wrestling Revolution. She brought in Sasha Banks. She brought in um, Becky Lynch. She brought in uh, Charlotte. She brought in these these. Uh, girl, re- female wrestlers for NXT. And then later they brought in Bayley. They brought in uh, Nia Jax. They brought in all these other stars I've talked about also on SmackDown. This has truly been a year for the revitalization of women's wrestling. They got rid of that stupid butterfly Divas title that they had way. They got rid of that at WrestleMania. Replaced it with the WWE Women's Title that looked like a legit title, not a second-class championship. It respected what the women are doing, and Sasha Banks has been at the top of that revival. The rivalry between her and Charlotte that goes back to August, you know, going through SummerSlam, Hell in a Cell, you know, clash of the champions, uh, you know, then uh, this last month with Roadblock has just been a great rivalry. Probably, I mean, it's the best rivalry of the year. One of the best rivalries ever. The best women's rivalry ever. And, uh, great. I mean, yes, they have a lot of botches in their moves, and I admit that. You know, they're, they, I mean, you, have to, you guys, you have to remember, these guys, these girls are still relatively young. I mean, they've only been doing this for a little over a year. Yeah, they're going to mess up. But they're, and they're on the... F- for everyone to look at. But they're succeeding at other spots. And so... Great year for Sasha Banks. And I think 2017 is going to be just as big. Number Now we are at the top three uh, WWE lit roster. So here we go. It's a new day. Yes, it is. This m- last month in December, the New Day tag team broke the record for the longest reigning tag team champions in the history of the WWE. That earns them this spot. Number three, because... Wow, what a year for this tag team. And they are still so immensely talented, so immensely entertaining. They're good in the ring. I hope n- they never get broken up. They need to keep going. They are just they make so much money for the WWE. It's a they're a gold mine. And before I get to the top two lists, this actually leads me to a thought. I would like to see the WWE have interaction between the men and women wrestlers a little bit more. Because during the year, they had a moment where they had the New Day and Bayley do a team-up. And I saw that, and I'm like, do they not see the goal that mine that would be to have Bayley and New Day work together? I mean, they are the most... Energetic, uplifting wrestlers on the entire show. And you cannot help but just really get into it. And I know that they're like, oh, they're for kids or whatever. So what? You need to have the character, the wrestlers are for the kids, alright? You can't have them all from my age or older. Uh, I like them. I enjoy them. I think they're entertaining. They do what they need to do in the ring. And so. Uh there's a gold mine right there just to put those two together. Uh so you know incredibly entertaining. So this leads me to the number 2 member on the list. Charlotte Flair, the son, the son, the daughter of Ric Flair, has had an incredible year as women's champion, and uh, you know in the women's wrestling. And her and Sasha Banks had this huge rivalry. Charlotte came out on top, and is much. Sasha Banks is definitely my uh, favorite of the women's wrestlers, but I can totally get why Charlotte went over. Um, I think it was the right decision for now. Uh, she's such a good heel, such a good villain. Uh, the way that, you know, when which, which she turned on her father, just really good um, storytelling. Then, I mean, so many moments that she has just, um, you know, lit up everything. And, and then, of course, them headlining a pay-per-view this year. First time a w- women's wrestling has ever done that. A uh, very, very strong year for Charlotte. And she deserves this number two um, on the list. And who knows? Maybe next year will be the year that at the end of the year, we're going to talk about a women's wrestler being number one. Because I don't see any of the men that so strong. Um, and I, I would not be surprised if one of the women, you know, hop over that. So that leads to... The number one on my top 15 WWE stars for, 2000, for 2016 is AJ Styles, the current WWE heavyweight champion. He is, with the exception of Charlotte and The New Day, who happen to be number two and three, he is the only guy on here that has been keeping it going the entire year AJ Styles had a huge rivalry against uh, had a had, made his rival at the Royal Rumble of last year. Huge ovation came out had a you know pretty good rival began you know had a good rivalry with Chris Jericho. Finished his rivalry with Jericho, began a big one with um, Roman Reigns, which was really good on his part. Sadly, he didn't win the title there, but it was a good rivalry. Then he had a big rivalry with John Cena, then Dean Ambrose. I mean, he's he's, I mean, he's had a rivalry with the very best in the company, and he has done so so very good at it this year, and. You know, just. He definitely is the best guy of the year. And him ending the year with the WWE title tells you everything. And the whole year, you can go through it just about the entire year. It's been AJ Styles. So I don't know if he'll be the top guy next year. Maybe, maybe not. But this year, 2016, it was his year. So there is the commentary on pro wrestling. And so we're gonna segue over into the memoriam. and I'm gonna I'm not gonna list out every celebrity that has died in the last year. Um, I'm just gonna go through a number of them, and so uh, here we go. These are mainly people that I know of, and uh, I'll kind of give a little note as to who they're what they're famous for uh, to help you know, because some of these are not so familiar. 2016 was a year that many big names died. So here there you heard the singing of David Bowie of the song Heroes. David Bowie passed away at the beginning of the year. Alan Rickman, star of from Harry Potter, Die Hard, famous for his character, Sephiroth Snape, Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, passed away. I didn't mention the dates before. David Bowie passed away on January 10th. Alan Alan Rickman died on January 14th. Glenn Frey, who you hear singing, was a lead singer of the Eagles. He died on January 18th. Abe Vigoda, who was in the movie The Godfather passed away on January 26th. Harper Lee, famous for writing the book who, who <clears throat> How to Kill a Mockingbird died on February 19th. George Kennedy who was in the movie Cool Hand Luke and for me he's known as one of the guys as the partner to uh, Leslie Nielsen in the movie Naked Gun, passed away on February 28th. Nancy Reagan, first lady, former first lady, wife to President Ronald Reagan, passed away on March 6th. Gary Shandling, at former, SNL, mid, former SNL star and... Appeared in a number of other movies. Died on March 24th. Doris Roberts, famous for playing the mother of Raymond on Everybody Loves Raymond, passed away on April 21st. April 21st, Musician Prince, famous for one of the great musician pop stars of Minneapolis, the lover of the Minnesota Vikings, passed away. May 19th, the voice of Scrooge McDuck and a number of other Disney characters, Alan Young, passed away. Muhammad Ali, the boxing legend, died on June 3rd. Anton Yelchin, famous for his role in the Star Trek films, passed away on June 19th. Hey guys, um, I'm going to be singing In Christ Alone, which is like one of my favorite songs ever, pretty much. So yeah, I hope you guys like it. On June 10th, voice performer, YouTube star, Christina Grime, passed was murdered on June 10th. Morley Safer, a voice of 60 Minutes, passed away on May 19th. Gary Marshall, producer of A variety of shows and movies, Pretty Woman, Dick Van Dyke Show, The Odd Couple, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, he passed away on July 19th. August 28th famous for his role as Willy Wonka Gene Wilder passed away yeah over here Charlie I think I see our November 24th a mother to much of the world Carol Brady played as Carol Brady Florence Henderson passed away. November 25th, Barney Miller, Ron Glass, passed away. December 8th, the first American to orbit the Earth, John Glenn, passed away. December 13th, a father to many through television, Jason Seaver of Growing Pains, Alan Thicke, passed away December 25th, George Michael, lead singer of the BAM band Wham, passed away. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. December 27th, Carrie Fisher, famous for playing the role of Princess Leia, died. Good morning, good morning to you. The following day, December 28th, Carrie Fisher's mother, Debbie Reynolds, famous for her role in the movie Singing in the Rain, passed away December 28th. December 31st, the star of the man famous for the role of Father Mulcahy, or however you pronounce it, sorry, Mulcahy, from the show MASH passed away at William Christopher. There are many others that passed away in the year. That was 2016. Those are the celebrities that have died of 2016. These are the soldiers who have died defending our nation. The American Revolution, 217,000 service members. 4,435 died in battle. The War of 1812, 2,260 died in combat. The Indian Wars, approximately 1,000 dead. The Mexican War, 1,733 deaths. The Civil War, 140,414 deaths for the Union. 74,524 battle deaths for the Confederate Army. The Spanish American War, 385 died in battle. World War I, 53,000. 402 died in battle. World War II 291,557 died in battle. There are present 1.7 million living veterans of World War Two. The Korean War 33,739 died in battle. Vietnam War, 47,434. The Gulf War, 148 died. The Global War on Terror, 5,078 total battle, total deaths in battle. What is clear in this listing, this last few moments, is that there is a lot of death in our world. I did the accounting of the soldiers. Because it's always accused that those who mourn the deaths of the celebrities don't care about the deaths of soldiers. And I don't know why we have to create this tension. Because the death of any human being, whether they be a soldier or a musician or a bartender or... A ditch digger, or a pastor, or a teacher, or a doctor, whatever. It's tragic. Because death was never meant to be. In a world that saw so much death in 2016, myself as a pastor, I saw a lot of death, especially the last few weeks. Five of our members have passed away since December 16th. Death is something we can't control, something we can't stop. It infuriates us. The only thing we can do is delay. We, we think that we can delay death with medicine. But ultimately, we are reminded over and over and over again that we are not in control. We don't determine when somebody lives and when somebody dies. You're helpless. And it's that fact that should force us to turn our hearts and minds to Christ. As we venture into this year of 2017, I pray that this utterly tragic 2016 would call you to return to the Lord your God For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Return to him. Hear his word when you can. Receive his sacrament. Spend time in daily devotion. Because he alone is the solution to the ills of this world, he alone is the solution to death. You could go back and listen to my New Year's Day and Eve sermon, and you'll hear more of me talking about this. Um, they are on listed on the iTunes list, or if you go to SoundCloud. I have a playlist that's nothing but sermons. You could go back and listen to that. But and I hope that you do dedicate, commit yourself to a different year. I pray that the Lord God will lead you, lead your hearts and minds to focus on Him. Because only there is there answers and hope. In the midst of a world of tragedy and death. So, with all that in mind, we are transitioning to the last bit, the last segment of this New Year's podcast, which is a preview of the NFL season, which means i got to play a little bit of transition music. All right, so the NFL season officially came to a close on this past Sunday, which means it is time to come up with the predictions and try to see how this whole season is going to come to an end. So the, NFL te- the teams in the NFL playoffs, we have from the AFC, you've got the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the New England Patriots. On the NFC, you had the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, and the Atlanta Falcons. So those are our uh, 16 teams in, or not 16, 12 teams, my bad, 12 teams who are in the NFL playoffs this year. So I predict for the AFC. So this is how it's going to go for the AFC. The Steelers will beat the Dolphins. The Raiders will go over the Texans. And then in the the next round, in the divisional round, the Steelers will beat the Chiefs. The Patriots will defeat the Raiders. And then in the AFC title, I pick the Patriots over the Steelers. So going backwards... Um, the Dolphins, I think, they kind of snuck into the playoffs. I don't think they're a particularly strong team. I think the Steelers will beat them. And the Steelers are red hot right now. Uh, Raiders over Texans, really, that's a toss-up game. Both teams are really, really bad this year. And they have well take that back. The Raiders were really good until. Derek Carr got injured. When Derek Carr got injured, the Raiders became a bad team. But I think that somehow or another, they're going to beat the Texans just because the Texans are that bad. Uh, And then when you get into the AFC title game, or the divisional rounds, uh, the Chiefs are a very average team. I think the Steelers have what is necessary to beat them. Uh, Patriots will beat the Raiders, and I think they're going to blow them out uh, the Raiders are, I think, yeah, the yeah the Raiders are uh, definitely, you know, they have a great record, but the, without Derek Carr, they are just no match for anybody, so the Patriots are just going to blast them out of the water, and then the Patriots, I believe, will beat the Steelers, um, just as they did earlier in the season. And they'll go into the Super Bowl. The NFC, I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks over the Detroit Lions. The New York Giants over the Green Bay Packers. Then in the second round, I pick the Giants to beat the Cowboys. The Falcons to defeat the Seahawks. And then the Falcons to beat the Giants in the NFC title game. So, going back again, a little quick analysis uh, the C- The Lions are not that great of a team, and neither are the Seahawks, but I think the Seahawks are just a little bit better, enough better, to beat them. Uh, the Giants, I think they'll beat the Packers because they have a good defense. They have all the tools that are necessary to beat the Packers, as they kind of have a history of doing in the playoffs. I think the Giants are going to do it again. Um... Then in the next, the second round, uh, the Giants are going to play the Cowboys. The Cowboys lost, you know, before they you know brought in the backups at the end of the season. They lost two games all season, and they were both. They played. I think that was it. But either way, they both times they played the New York Giants, they lost. And typically, if you lose to a team both times in the regular season. You lose to them again in the playoffs. And I the Giants, I think, will beat the Cowboys again. For whatever reason, they had the Cowboys number. Uh, the Falcons and the Seahawks, this is a rematch from earlier in the season. The Seahawks won, but a lot of that had to do with some really bad refereeing. Some really bad referees. I believe that the Falcons will get their revenge, and I think they'll beat the Seahawks. This year. And Matt Ryan has shown through the season that he can move the ball against some of those elite defenses. He moved it against the Broncos. He moved it against the Falcons. So, um, and then that would lead up to a game between the Falcons and the Giants. And I just think the Falcons are just flat out better. The Super Bowl 51, I see it as being the Falcons versus the Patriots. And the Patriots will be facing a team that can match them offensively. And I believe that the Falcons are just going to be a little bit better. And I believe and honestly when it comes down to the NFL MVP, it's going to come down to three players, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Ryan. And I think Matt Ryan deserves the vict- deserves that MVP. Because statistically, he was better than any of the other quarterbacks this year. And what's more is he beat better competition. Because one of the things that kind of taints the legacy of the Patriots... You know, the Patriots have had all these hugely successful seasons. But what is makes it... taints that success... Is that the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins have been so bad for so long. There is no wonder as to why... The Patriots keep winning their division because they don't have anybody good in their division. Nobody to challenge their reign. So um, that is my predictions for the NFL playoffs. I look forward to the start of the playoffs this weekend, and so and I look forward to this 2017. I hope this podcast was fun for you, and I hope maybe you got a little bit out of it in when I th- threw in some little tidbits in there. So, uh, with that, next week I hope to do um, some movies. And until then, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his, his peace. Amen. Again, I am Pastor Neil Wemus. This was the Key Row Film Society. I am a pastor in Northwest Iowa. And if you'd like to find out about those churches... You can check them out at www.iowaoclutherans.org. Thank you, and God bless.